hello, hello, hello. You are listening to the Inspired Minds Podcast. My name is Jeff Watson. I am indeed, as always, your gracious and your grateful host. Why am I laughing at that intro? Because I went backwards and listened to the first couple of podcast interviews that I did about eight months ago. I cannot believe that we've done so many interviews in eight months. When I say we, I do mean also my dear friend, Mr. Michael E. Simpson, producer extraordinaire of this little rock show, and also an incredible screenwriter in his own right. And he's writing for Entertainment Weekly now. Good God. Good for him. Um, but in the earlier episodes, I was like, wasn't really too sure what I was doing, which quite frankly, I still don't as probably noticed, but I was, I'm jazzing it up a little more because at the beginning I was more like an NPR kind of deal. Like, welcome to the inspired mind show. And I'm not sure what's going on now. So now I'm kind of jazzing these things up more and it is fun for me. How you doing folks? As you can tell, I am doing okay, actually. It may sound good. I'm trying to quit smoking. It's hard, as as I have found out. So I'm a little on edge. May not sound like it. I may hang up this phone and throw my computer through the window just because. Regardless, I am having a fantastic time doing these interviews. Um, I'm just, I'm playing with these things more and having fun. I did do an interview recently with someone that has yet to go up, and she called my podcast Meandering, which I think she meant as a compliment, and it's actually true, (laughs) but they do kind of meander. Because I get to talk to incredibly uh, diverse uh, cross-section of people, and people who do a lot of things, polymaths is what uh, they are called, which is, as I like to say, another word for just doing a bunch of shit. And coming up now, we have another example of a polymath, and that woman is the fantastic Jillian Dale, with whom I interviewed. And Jillian is a contributor at the Huffington Post for uh, film, so she knows her movies, and she's also a producer of content. She's, she's a digital content ninja. Wow, what great phrase is that? She's also a director and producer in her own right with Bella Luce Productions, and we just had a fantastic chat, as uh, as I often do, and I'm fortunate to do on this little show. Uh, she's a, She was a research attorney for like 12 years, and that was actually really fascinating for me. Um, and she's uh, done these, these great projects, uh, mostly with her son, and it's really sweet. She's done one called Up in Arms, which is a show that was written by teens, and it just a lot of YouTube content. Um, she was a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army for a while, so we got to talk about that. I am fascinated by that world. And uh, again, got into the film world uh, with the Huff Post, and also discussed a lot, actually, quite frankly, about the uh, the Japanese animation films, uh, Spirited Away, My Neighbor Totoro, Howl's Moving Castle, a guy named uh, Miyazaki, who put all these films together in the Japanese studio called Ghibli. And I just love some of these conversations because I just know so much about weird things. Um, and I get to talk to people about that and make connections. So that's kind of the point of the show actually is making connections with folks for me personally, kind of born out of the pandemic loneliness that we all kind of felt. And this is my way of getting back into the world. Enough about me. Uh, I truly hope that you enjoyed this as much as I did making it. This lady rules. What a fantastic woman. Um, and that's it. I'm going to chew on uh, some toothpicks, probably to the nub, so I don't have to smoke anymore. Oh, God. 
It was like harder than kicking booze when I I got sober about 12 years ago. (laughs) Oh, well, have a great evening, day, night, 4 a.m., wherever you are. I truly do mean it. Go out there and kick some ass in the world, folks. I'm going to do the same. Bye. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Inspired Minds podcast, but you already knew that because you were listening to the intro. Please welcome the lovely and talented Jillian Dale. Jillian Dale, say hello to the lovely audience. Hello, lovely audience. Perfect. You did it well. (laughs) You You trained me well. (laughs) Say this. Okay. (laughs) So the way that I always uh, start these shows off here is with the following question. It's always the same. And it, it is, when you were younger, what was the first thing that you can remember that inspired you when you were a kid? Was it a song or was it a book or was it a person, an idea? Oh my God. I didn't know you were going to ask these deep questions. Um, Just wait. (laughs) You should have prepped me. Um, What inspired me as a kid? What what, what did you remember standing out, right? Like everyone kind of does is try and find that. When I, okay. um, This is going to kind of lead into why I became a film producer. Well, not really why, but um, when I was younger, I remember. Um, being at my grandma's house and um, I was always put on these marionette shows. So I did everything from um, just, you know, you know, sewing the marionette puppets and putting the strings and all of that, that entails with marionettes and making them really um, crazy looking. I think they were probably to my adult self now, <laughs> but you know how you are when you're a kid, you know, certain things become eyes and you know, whatever. Um, and then I would create the set with these cardboard boxes and then, you know, markers and crayons and blah, 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 you know, um, car construction paper. And then, um, I remember having, um, friends come over and do the music and, um, whether they were willing or not, I said, you have to do this and <laughs> put on these marionette shows and just kind of do everything. I was never interested in being on stage, but I love being behind the scenes and putting on shows from a very, very young age, you know, more the producer standpoint, like set design and, and all of that. So, and I think that comes from, um, going to the theater at mm-hmm. a young age and just watching all, you know, all the costumes were, um, just so intriguing to me mm-hmm. and the sets and, and, and telling a, a, a story, um, that is just kind of n- not just for entertainment, but it also helps you kind of escape. Yeah. Um, so that was just, um, I think that's one of the earliest, uh, memories I have. I was actually thinking about that this week. So that's funny that you asked. <laughs> Well, I have two comments about that. First of all, have you ever been to and or even heard of the Bob Baker Marionette Theater in Los Angeles? Oh, no, I haven't. You're not? You're kidding me. So quick sidebar, there's this place. I don't know if they're still open. I think they are, but since 1960, go look up Bob's Baker or Bob Baker's Marionette Theater. And it's okay. unbelievable. It's this institution in L.A., and they've kept the tradition going on for, like I said, like 50 years, if they're still open. But it's a tiny little room built back, again, in the 60s. 
And it's unbelievable. It's a giant open floor section. People, little kids sit around the uh, side of the stage, stage of the floor, little tape, oh, right? Cute. And, they, and, and the marionettes, which are unbelievable, they're like three feet high. These people come out wow. and they all dance with the kids right in front of them. And, you know, you oh. can see, and they have like little black masks on the, 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 uh, the marionetters, I guess. Um, but it's magical. And then at the end of it, P.S., you get to go into another room and they give you a little ice cream and they give you orange juice. Well, I'm so there then. Just look it up. It's mind-blowing. I will. Oh, it, wow. I will definitely look that up. Thank you. And if, if it's so open, it's actually worth a trip. I'm not kidding. Okay. Okay. If you're a marionette nerd, clearly you are. <laughs> I used to be. I haven't done that for years, but uh, that, that would be fun. Well, it's still in the DNA, which is exactly why you actually answered. It's funny. You answered the second part of the question already, which is how did that carry you through to your current life? Because it always does for artists. Always. Yeah, you're right. There's there's always, there's generally something, uh, it seems deep rooted from childhood that people who are attracted to the entertainment industry or um, that digital, yeah, the arts or have that creative aspect have always had something ingrained from childhood. I, I've noticed that as well. Yeah, yeah that's um, why I love this question. Like a couple of days ago, I actually did one with a guy. He's like wrote like the Final Destination guy, like wrote the screen rights and all that stuff. But I asked him that question. The first thing he said was he's like, "Oh my God, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman." When I was a kid, and I said, oh, how fun! What a guy. But the best thing is, the best thing is, I said, "Okay, how did that get you to where you are now?" And he, like, I cracked him open. <laughs> he's like oh my god you're right <laughs> <laughs> so you're a successful therapist already yeah like i said charge me a buck 50 or i'm gonna charge <laughs> you a buck 50 that's not how that works that's uh, <laughs> this man already um okay so this so i'm so excited to talk to you about some of this stuff you so you've oh. worn a lot of hats we've just kind of discussed this yes. a little bit on the sort of pre-show thing mm-hmm. and so, you know, and I, and I also just, so let's just, I want to go through some of these things, obviously. Um, you, you're an information officer for the state as a digital content creator currently. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I'm a, a social media manager and a digital content creator. So that's kind of a glorified way of saying I create um, short form videos and graphic content for, um, the state. So I work with um, uh, one agency now, but I've worked with different agencies um, for the state. And um, uh, so that's what I do. Amazing. And you see like editing ability. I mean, do you kind of, are you like a one-stop shop person? You kind of do it yourself or with a crew? Yeah, I have, I've had to learn that um, when I was a film producer, I decided to, and, and I actually find that I really love editing um i uh, obviously i use adobe the premiere pro and after effects and i've just become so obsessed with learning more technology and um now they're coming out adobe's coming out with this 3d um soft uh, apps a suite of apps for um I think they call it substance, 3D substance. And um, I'm kind of obsessed with that and cinema 4D and then just um, learning how to uh, visually affect certain um, aspects with. And so I'm learning, I'm actually started doing stop motion videos 
And I follow a couple of um, content creators on Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. And and uh, just kind of watching how they do these. It's kind of magical. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems like magic tricks that they're doing, but digitally. And um, and so I'm I'm kind of obsessed with that and I, and um and creating these uh kind of special effects and visual effects within the content wow you know i was uh i was saying before we started uh, hitting the record button here that uh i used to work at warner brothers records and i was like the right. called social media guru which i thought was ridiculous like, <laughs> seriously right like, no now, was, when, when did you last work for them <laughs> I'm a guru. I'm not a mountaintop for God's sake. Stop. Yeah, um, exactly. I'm sorry. It's just a pet peeve of mine. Even when they said it to me, I'm like, stop. But <laughs> I mean, honestly, because I was saying also earlier that my, um, that my superpower is my transparency. So the current transparency is I'm kind of like triggered a little bit by even thinking about digital media because it was so like, oh, like no. I'm kidding. I'm joking. It was just 13 years ago that I, or I guess, no, what am I saying? It was eight years ago that I last kind of got into that world and then I kind of got out of it. So for Mm -hmm. me, it's just funny because I just think to myself, like, I remember doing that. Oh my God, I had to follow that and Instagram and check that out and do this and post this. And no, I'm a therapist now. (laughs) (laughs) You, you deal with people who have issues with Instagram and TikTok. (laughs) Well, TikTok is a problem. (laughs) I mean, it very well, you're right. It can be. Yeah, I know, but it's also it. All those things are just tools, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're they are tools. I have a little bit of an addiction, but <laughs> yeah. welcome. To um, I I love I love TikTok and Instagram. I really I really like them. I I understand why people have an aversion to those, but I like them. Yeah, I'm. You know, I, I actually I love. I'm not a TikTok guy, quite frankly, because um, I I'm a lot. I'm a lot younger than I feel perhaps is a good way of saying it. Um, <laughs> it's just for me, I'm like, ah, it's a kid thing. And it's not. And I understand that a hundred percent that it's not, but uh, I'm good. <laughs> but anyway, so <laughs> in addition to that, let's just keep going down the, uh, down the roster here. You're a research attorney. I think that's interesting. Oh yeah. I, um, I went to law school um, and, and it's been, it's been very valuable in certain aspects, but um, I went to law school for the wrong reasons, and um, and I and then I got out into the practical world of law, and it's not as glamorous as it looks like on TV and in the movies. It's very, um, it's you know, it can be very monotonous. And it can be very combative. Obviously, that's not a shock to anyone. But um, when you're working in the legal field, it's very it takes a toll on your health, both mentally and physically, mm-hmm. as many occupations can. But I opted not to. We so I was in Colorado, um, and then we moved to California in 2007, and I I opted not to take the bar exam in California and, and get my license just because I didn't want to practice law. Um, I worked as a research attorney to pay the bills and, and just decided that I preferred the creative world that is 
more of a positive aspect, but my legal background does help because I can take on social justice issues and, and kind of meld um, both those worlds with the legal background and film producer background and, and create um, films or projects. I actually have a couple that I'm working on um, to work on more social justice type um, uh, projects. Yeah. And speaking of which um, I was going to bring this up later, but we're here. So I want to talk about, you had uh, posted this image on Instagram that I really loved. And it, it was called What Pride Actually Is. But for the listenership, five of you, the first circle above it is it, it has a rainbow flag in the circle. And then it says rainbows on one side. It's cut in half. Rainbows and parades. What it uh-huh. says is what pride actually is. It's this wheel that's kind of divided up into different sections. And it's wonderful. Right. It says like validating, uh, inter- uh, I can't even read some of the, oh, feeling at home in yourself or feeling free. Or loving yourself more than needing to be loved by others. It just, it was just beautiful what I saw there, right? And right. I, I just have to say that it, I just knew who you were at that moment, quite honestly. Oh, yeah. Thank so you. It, it's sad, quite frankly, that we have to, that we have, people have to put out these just basic human rights and then you're like, oh, you're a great person. Well, that's kind of the idea. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that I probably um, shared that. I did not create this. This is no. not my original content. Um, I'm sure I shared that, and I don't. I can't even tell you where I got it. But um, it is such a great uh, because there's so much hate, uh-huh. and now with these SCOTUS uh-huh. rulings that are ridiculous, we uh-huh. uh, yeah, we won't get to an angry point here, but. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll go there with you. Right. You are a therapist. You can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the there's just oh, so much hate, and I don't understand. It's so hard to understand why people think they need to impose their will on other people, whether it's religious views or uh, just ju- judgment overall. I, I for honestly, I don't think judgment is is supposed to be, I'm an atheist, but, um, I don't understand how that is part of your religious upbringing or beliefs to you hate on others and tell others how to live their lives. Well, I'm going to give you eight words that will chill your bones. If you haven't already heard them yet. Um, I heard this from some guy who was a friend of a friend of somebody who was in Venezuela for a while. And he said the following eight words, which are fascism comes at you faster than you think. Yes. Bone chilling. Yes, it is. And it certainly did that the last, um, yeah. you know, the four years that the idiot in chief was in, in, in well, office. You know, people forget that Hitler was voted in. Right. They do. As a, you know, yeah. Democrat Socialist Party, he, they voted him in. And so, look, I could do... 14 hours of, of evil. Of course. Oh, of course. fun fact, by the way, just on a total side note again, um, I'm burning up too much of your time, but here's about me for a heartbeat again. Um, so, oh, no. Interesting. I, I find that your uh, your background is fascinating. <laughs> I've had too much of it. But, but um, 
but like I tell my friends sometimes because I kind of get dark pretty easily. I, I don't know if you've ever seen Network, the movie from '74 with uh, Peter Finch with Howard Beale, but essentially that's me, like really dark and sometimes about this stuff because I've uh-huh. seen this. I called one six like easily. I knew that was going to happen. I called it like a day before on Facebook. I'm like, something weird is going to go down. Um, <laughs> I, I knew Trump was going to get in. And by the way, I actually went to the uh, Murrah building in Oklahoma City two weeks after the bombing. So I saw that with my own eyes, right? Wow. Oh and actually, God. I'll make this sort of quick too. So I'm on tour. I'm in Oklahoma City with my band and it just happened. And I'm like, we got to go see it. So I will, we all go up and it's, you know, caved out like all the photos you've seen and, uh, but and they were just doing construction. But then there was a giant ringed fence around a you know, chain link fence around the entire block because it was construction. So I yeah. walked up, and ev- in every single corner, every little place that they could tuck something in across the whole place were cards, letters, flowers, fucking baby shoes were there, right? Baby oh. shoes. And I, I, I lost it, obviously, right? Yeah. I've been following, these, following these people since then. I knew, so I've been watching the heart of America. Wait, I'm this is, this is not fun content. What am I doing? The bottom line is that um, I do tell friends sometimes, like, I wonder if Nostradamus had any friends. Cause like, no one wants to hear this from me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I almost think of it like Nostradamus, like, did you invite Nostradamus to the party again? Like, ah, <laughs> my brother's friend, like, ah, shit, I have to. And like, he shows up like, you are all going to die. Oh, chips. <laughs> like, just like, <laughs> And you have squirrel moments, don't you? <laughs> exactly right. All right, now I got to talk so about, about you now, which is I can't wait to do. Um, so here's something I think is really adorable. And so I know about your movie Omniscient, which was directed by you and written by your son, right? Yeah. And you also have this Up in Arms show, which was it was really sweet. I noticed also that your son is involved in that as well uh, and writes. Yes. And what I thought was so sweet was that, you know, it was a show written by teens, which is a great concept. And it reminded yes. me of when I was younger and when I was in the school AV program, we would do that, you know, I like, like videotape or something like, good morning, everybody. And they'd play it in the home room TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah just, tell me about a little more about that. Like, how did you get into that world now and your son with you? It's beautiful. Actually, up in arms comedy. Um, well, I always, I think I've always wanted to get into producing, but I just didn't know it, you know, on the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, the you go through several years of your life where you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to do with your life, mm-hmm. and then um, up in arms comedy. My son was an actor, and that's primarily why we moved to California. That's where, you know, apparently that's where people go to LA um, (laughs) to become an actor. But um, my son had, um, was diagnosed with kyphosis. And so that is, um, many people haven't heard of kyphosis, Sherman's kyphosis. And um, it is similar to scoliosis. To put it very simply, there's a lot of distinctions, but to put it, very simply it's just the way the the spine kind of curves differently than scoliosis Hmm. um and luckily my son had one of the top doctors in the nation at children's hospital um who was treating him and he and he actually my son went underwent surgery but he um he was part of a teen comedy show 
at a local um, uh, comedy theater and called Acme. And um, the people there were phenomenal, um, just wonderful salt of the earth people. And um, he fell in love with writing sketches and um, had a group of friends who were actors as well, who his age, who enjoyed it. And we just had this idea, why don't we produce our own web series? Um, And that was when uh, YouTube and web series were just kind of coming to um, becoming really popular. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so um, we just decided to um, produce the series and, and uh, so then it, it just kind of took off. We had, he had a lot of friends um, who uh, were interested and um, we did that for a while. It, it just proved, it, it was very challenging for me um, wearing many hats mm-hmm. and it, there were many things, many aspects to that that were challenging as well as um, it just took up too much time and I wasn't making money. So I had to, you know, kind of put that to the side, but it was a really, really rewarding and fun um, show. And we actually put on an event one year to raise money for children's hospital for the pediatric foundation. And um, uh, I, I don't even remember how much we made, but we did end up making um, some money for that. That's amazing. That's what you should do, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> that's uh, that's the point. Okay, I gotta ask this question. I was been burning inside for uh, well, I guess the last thirty minutes. The Beverly Hills Canine Country Club is that lady Elisa Gilmore really real? Okay. Yes. Oh my. God. She is. Okay. Um, so describe the show for me, please, for the audience. Um. Okay. So Beverly, oh, you might know Andrew Lane. Mm-hmm. He's a music producer, um, and he works with Warner Brothers oh. uh, quite a bit. He's a he's a, a multi platinum sure. music producer. He's worked with a lot of big artists, but he and I um, collaborated. This Beverly Hills Canine Country Club was actually his idea. We were sitting in his studio one day, and uh, we were talking about different ideas. And he said, "We should do a dog show." And I was like, yes, we should. Dogs are so much fun. And they, you know, animal videos do really well on social media. Um, And he said, let's do something like a Paris Hilton themed kind of show where these um, women in Beverly Hills pamper their dogs like to the extreme. Mm -hmm. And um, and it was when like Duck Dynasty was big and. Um, and, and Real Housewives, which still is really big, it was kind of, you know, uh, premised on, that was the inspiration mm-hmm. kind of for that. The so, OG, as it were. Yeah, the OG. That's a great way to put it. Um, so we went through casting. We did a couple of versions of it. We filmed it a few times. Um, just went over the top crazy, as is very easy to do in L.A. Sure. Um, we had a big yellow hum Humvee limo. Yeah, I saw that. And we drove. I oh did. my god! It was. I, <laughs> I was. I remember thinking to myself, being on the street in in Beverly Hills, picking up one of the um, 
moms and her dog and just going, I can't believe I'm producing this. <laughs> the hell am I? I can't believe I'm sitting here on the street with security and these, this limo that's bright yellow, banana yellow. <laughs> we're picking and all these people started coming around like we were, it was just crazy. Am I in a multiverse right now? It was so, I really like, I really just kind of had to pinch myself that, and I don't, it was, it was just one of those kind of Hollywood moments, I guess, that we all have yeah. Um, yeah. when you go yeah. to LA. And I will say this too. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about before we uh, hit the record button. And that is that we, we all, I think have different lives within a lifetime. Yeah. And you're a classic example of that, right? Cause you're a polymath. I know you types. I'm one. You know, you just do. And what I've said before is being a polymath just means that you just can do a bunch of shit, right? Yes. And that is true. And you're good at it. And obviously, you're a polymath. And 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 by being that, you have multiple lives within one lifetime, right? And that is true. People I, say that I feels all, that way. I'm sorry. It certainly feels that way. Yes. Yeah, and that's something that I think is there's a there's a spirit to you. There's a drive to you. There's a that there's a humanity to you. Which leads me actually into the next conversation I want to have. And quite honestly, this is kind of the meat of really what I uh, kind of wanted to get to. That I saw that you were a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army for two years, correct? Yeah. Well, I actually served in the National Guard um, for six years. And then um, I went through ROTC in college and served on two years of active duty after that. I would first of all like to say thank you for your service. Oh, very kind of you. What I do. The military are incredibly important to me, and I'll get to why in a second. Uh, okay. But I saw that you supervised a hundred. You're a platoon leader. I don't even know what that means. Tell me that. <laughs> okay, so when I first went on active duty, um, I was assigned to air defense artillery, um, which it, and Patriot missiles. So they're very uh, mm-hmm. different aspects to air defense artillery. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was assigned to a Patriot missile. Um, battalion. And as a second lieutenant, you start off as a platoon leader. So um, initially, I started off um, supervising 30 people. And then um, our battalion deployed to Saudi Arabia, we were training uh, Saudis how to use and train on the Patriot missile system. And um, as we were deploying, I found out I was pregnant with my son. Wow. So I did not get to go over it because you, when you're pregnant, you can't be around the radar and you have to take precautions and you can't deploy to Middle Eastern countries. Right. Um, so I stayed back and part of the rear detachment um, and was more like a media liaison. And I supervised the rear detachment that was about 110 people. Wow. So where were you though? I lost that. When you Oh, I was stationed at Fort Bliss, Texas, which is El Paso. Got it. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big proponent of uh of these parts of that world. And the reason I bring this up is because I am um you know, I mentioned earlier that and I'm pretty you know, my superpower is my transparency, uh that my <laughs> wife uh, committed suicide in two thousand thirteen and oh, I went through sorry. thank you. Um but I went through a lot of work and training and uh, training, I guess it actually was training to just Mm -hmm. be who I am now. But um, the, 
I, I, about a year, no, about a month after uh, she had died. So I was in massive PTSD. I mean, PTSD. And I was then at that moment, my bipolar kicked in. So I was manic and I was depressed at the same time, which is a mixed state. Oh, there. I'm so sorry. Thank you. I got, I, I pushed through it actually. You don't get through anything, but it was so at any rate, I was holed up in my house and I was basically duct taped to the wall by fear. I was just up against the wall the whole time from BTSD. I so, can't imagine what that was like for you. I hope you don't. <laughs> um, excuse me. So my, a friend of mine uh, brought this guy over into my house and he's from the wounded warriors. And which is this. Oh, yeah. yeah. For those mm-hmm. of you who don't know, it's this organization that helps vets with PTSD. A lot of people that come out of the desert. And it's just a massively wonderful organization. So this guy comes yeah, in. Yeah, they do great things. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh. And he comes in and he says, I'm with uh, the Wounded Warriors. We want to help you. And I said, I'm not, like, I'm civilian. Like, like you don't do that. Like, no, I, I guess I can't, right? And they're like, no, 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 no. You're like military-grade PTSD. Come on in, kid. So wow. I had the incredible honor of um, doing some events. One was actually got to go up to a, um, a, a mountain retreat in Los Angeles that was horse therapy, like equine therapy, which I never fully oh, understood, yeah. but it really, I've heard good things. It, it's more meta is way more metaphor than I understood. It's brilliant what they do, but I got a chance to be with about four or five other guys uh, who just come out of the desert. Right. And they were just plastered to the wall too, by fear. And I got to understand not only, how amazing those men and women are, but also too, that my trauma was just as much as theirs. And they related to me. That was the weird part. They were like, dude, like, okay. Like I'm in a club now. It's a weird club. Right. It was a kinship that you had, you shared this. It's a, it's a club you never want to be in, but it's a club that you should be in. Yeah. You know I mean, right. Um, That's a brilliant way to say it. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is that you were a film critic and you worked at uh, Huffington Post, correct? Right. I was a contributor at HuffPo. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk more about that in a second, but as I promised earlier, I will tell you my famous Huffington Post Larry David story. You ready? Oh my gosh. Yes. It's very quick, but it's my, it's one of my all time favorite stories of mine. Um, okay. So I'm somehow I got invited to the, uh, the Huffington Post launch party at like some Beverly Hills mansion that they always do when they do these things. It's like, yes, 2000, whatever. So it it, it was all the, again, I don't know how I even got invited. I've got like tattoos and the whole nine, but somehow I got in. So um, I'm walking around and there's a big, um, there there was a big living room and they did the official press announcement, the big moment that that Ariana Huffington was going to get up on the little speaker thing and, do the announcement. There's press and the whole thing. So I'm standing and we gather all in and packed in and I'm standing and next to me is Larry David. All right. And so then right before Ariana Huffington starts to speak, one of the Ariana Huffington publicists next to her goes, Larry, across the hallway, right? Or across the room, Larry, come on, come on, get the photo, get the photo. And all of a sudden in the, it's, it's the Larry David thing. He pulls up, he raises his hand, kind of goes back and forth and goes like, shakes his head like, right. (laughs) <laughs> then she does it again and he goes nah and i'm not kidding he just slowly backs away like into recedes into the crowd and walks out the door oh my god <laughs> <laughs> 
And nobody and saw that's it. you. <laughs> nobody saw it except me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Died. So about how did you get that gig? And you're obviously a film fan because I really do want to talk about you do the thing about spirited away. Oh wow. Okay. Uh okay. So spirited away, well that's fun. Spirited Away is because my son loves Studio Ghibli movies. Yep. He's obsessed. And he loves Hay- Hayao Miyazaki. Did I just butcher that name? No, you did uh, not, actually. No, Hay- like, no the, yeah, you got it right. Hayao Miyazaki, that's right. Um, yeah. His movies in particular, but he, he generally loves Studio Ghibli, and he got me obsessed. So um, I love Spirited Away, and um, I received a, a press release it was so funny um, because we were we were just talking about Studio Ghibli at that time, and the artwork is impeccable. Yeah. In that, in, in the Hayao Miyazaki movies, there it's so beautiful. Yeah. It and gorgeous. And um, I received a press release, and of course, I jumped on it. And they sent me. Uh, they didn't have an online screener, but uh, Funimation does. Um, um, marketing and events for Studio Ghibli, and um, so they sent me a DVD, and now my and then my son had that, and then they came out with this set, um, Studio Ghibli set, and of course I bought that for my son. But we were my son, I got cool mom points for getting that, and I was like, thank you, yeah. <laughs> thank you Funimation for the DVD, uh, because I was the coolest mom. That's my son's favorite favorite oh. movie. And it's up there for me as well because it's, it's just so well done. It's funny actually because I saw that uh, I was doing my research and I saw the Spirit of the Way thing, and I hadn't really <laughs> seen it in a while. So I went back and I watched. I did, I'll watch the trailer sometimes just to remind myself. But my right. neighbor, my neighbor Totoro, boom! But how's oh, love that. Moving Castle? That's it. Oh yes, the Moving Castle is one of our favorites, and Totoro. Uh, there's some we get you know, a chuckle out of it because, because some of the writing doesn't necessarily translate to English, um, right. very well, but, um, so we get, sometimes get a chuckle out of that, but the artwork and like you said, my neighbor Totoro and, um, Howl's Moving Castle, I think is my favorite, uh-huh. um, of all of those. Uh, I love the artwork and the magic in that, in that magic. castle and how you go from, you know, one, one door and then you go, you point North and then you point South and you're in a different place. And it's, it's so, that is fun. You said the magic word, you said the word magic because that's what, that's what Miyazaki's films. And quite honestly, that's what all great art can do. It can create magic, right? Absolutely. And what we're missing in this country is magic. I just realized this right now, but when we're talking about (laughs) in that context, you're having an epiphany. Kind of. I mean, we kind of are, right? Like we're so right. we're so balkanized and we're so uh, you know isolated from ourselves, even to a, to most degree. Mm-hmm. We don't understand magic. We don't understand wonder. We don't understand. We don't know. You know, it's just I don't know. Um, but regardless, let's keep it back up, upbeat. I really, I, I agree. It. Yeah. Anybody that loves Miyazaki is again my favorite person. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. Phew. <laughs> I will say this too, that there's almost this, because you're right. There's a, that sweetness, that magic attached to it. And that's mm-hmm. just to be honest with you is really kind of the same thing in a way that I saw in up in arms. Honestly. Oh yeah. You're right. Thank you. What an amazing compliment. I will take that. 
um, yeah, there is a sweetness to it. The, the there really is an underlying, um, not not even underlying, just uh, the enthusiasm with which the teens came up with um, the ideas and sketches that was fun to be in. We had, you know, think tank sessions and those were really fun and just laughing and giggling. Of course. That's something that there's a, I I pimp this guy out all the time. There's this rabbi who says that Um, there's a guy that I talk about all the time. He's a rabbi and uh, he is, he wrote this incredible uh, book, but he had this idea called radical amazement that is just brilliant. And it really is basically uh, Miyazaki and, and what you did with up in arms, because he says that we should live our life in radical amazement to get up every morning, to see the sun, to see the clouds and to be amazed by it. And then the final line, which I love is to be spiritual is to be amazed. Oh, I love that. And that is what I get from those two connections. I really, truly do. Wow. Yeah. I never, I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's a great connection. And while we're talking about this, I just also realized this too, that when you see a magician, it's amazement, right? Indeed. Well, he did that. She did that. That's what you kind yeah. of, if you can have that view of the world, that beautiful lens of gratitude, it's kind of awesome. <laughs> It is. And I think that's why I'm so um, drawn to stop motion and um, the special effects aspect of it. The magic of it. Yes, it's magic. Interesting. Yeah, it's that it's that radical magic can be radical amazement. Yeah. Wow, that's a great way to put it. You should copyright that. The whole copyright every single word I say on this show, lady. Absolutely. I believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, anyway, thank you so, so, so much. So here's how I like to end these things. It's kind of a false ending. False ending is this. I'm going to say goodbye. You're going to say goodbye. We're going to quote unquote, hang up. And then we're going to do a little post, uh, post game chat deal. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, and three, two, one slate. Thank you so much for doing this show, Jillian. I really, really, that was an incredible interview. They always are, but they always go so many different places. And any fan of Miyazaki is a friend of mine. So thanks for your time. Your turn. Well, thank you very much for having me. I truly enjoyed this conversation as well. So I really appreciate it. Outstanding. And if you ever talk to anybody at HuffPo, tell them the Larry David story. I I absolutely will. That's fun. All right, uh, I'm going to pretend to hang up, and here we go. Three, two, click.